Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. This is episode 79 of the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum. I'm your host. And today we get to talk to a friend of mine named P.T. Smith. P.T. is uh, on staff with Young Life in the Denver area. And so uh, P.T. and I have gotten to know each other a little bit over the last several months. He was actually the speaker at both of our middle school and high school winter camps this year and uh, did a fantastic job. And uh, after getting to know him through those and just some other ways, I was like, we've got to get him on the podcast so we can talk about Young Life and uh, and several other things. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm excited for you to hear this conversation with PT today. Uh, but before we get into that, I do want to uh, just thank you all for being here on the podcast. And I want to just ask if you haven't done so yet, uh, please subscribe. That just way you can get that to your to your inbox right as soon as it drops. And also share this with other youth pastors out there, youth workers who need to hear these conversations. Just a great way to uh, get the word out there um, is for you to share it with your friends and, uh, and other people that you know in the ministry. Also, if you were uh, tuning in to our last episode with Tom Bump, the winners for his book giveaway have been... Uh, already alerted and uh and so if you are a winner make sure you check your email inbox and uh see if you won the copy of uh Tom Bump's book Valleys Over Mountains. Um but before we jump into this conversation with PT Smith today, I want to thank our sponsor for this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. G-Shades is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy focused on helping students see every life situation through the lens of the gospel. There are several options to fit everyone with three plans to choose from. This curriculum gives you the resources that you need to do what you do better. Do you need message outlines, a discussion guide, and a game? That's just $16 a month. If you're looking for a higher production value, including bumper videos, Instagram devotionals, and parent guides, that's $25 a month. And do you want an affordable youth ministry video curriculum that can help you increase your online reach during this pandemic? G-Shades has you covered for $36 a month. You will not find a better youth ministry video curriculum at that price point anywhere. G-Shades really sets itself apart by helping students see the gospel applies to every life situation that is out there. And if you want to find out more about Mike Haynes, the founder of G-Shades, you can check out episodes 32 and 55 of the Student Ministry Podcast. So go ahead and head over to gshades.org to download season three of G-Shades Youth Ministry Curriculum. And be sure to use the promo code TSMPOD for the Student Ministry Podcast at checkout to get an extra 10% off. G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G and use the promo code T-S-M-P-O-D, G-Shades, seeing life through the lens of the gospel. You can find the link for G-Shades in the podcast show notes. Thanks so much, G-Shades, for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. And I also want to encourage you to follow us on social media if you haven't done so yet. We're at Pod over on Twitter and at The Student Ministry Podcast, both on Instagram and Facebook. We would love your follow, and it's a great way to keep in contact with us here at the podcast. Also, head over to thestudentministrypodcast.com for our website, show listings, uh, ways to uh, subscribe to the podcast, ways to support the podcast if you want to financially, also ways to contact us and get on our mailing list. Um, so head over to the studentministrypodcast.com. All those links are going to be in the show notes, so you can head over there. But with all that out of the way, let's jump into this conversation with P.T. Smith. 
Well, PT, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Steve, man, thanks for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, I, I've i had the privilege of being able to uh, to hear you speak uh, to our students and some other students in the Colorado area over the last couple of months. And it was it was great to hear part of your story as you were sharing there and uh, at, at our winter camps. Um, but uh, I'd love for our audience to just get to know you a little better today. So tell us a little about who you are and uh, especially dive into your story. How did God bring you to the point where you are today? Awesome. Well, my, my full name is Paul Timothy Smith, Jr. Uh, I was born and raised in Denver, Colorado, Five Points area, St. Joseph Hospital. I'm very proud of that. Uh, the old St. Joseph, if you're from Denver, you're from that area, you know, there's a new one, there's an old one. I'm from the old one. Um, and uh, so I'm a junior. And so kind of the PT thing came about because uh, as a kid, when I got old enough to get scolded for, for things, um, a lot of times me and my dad couldn't tell which Paul was in trouble. And so <laughs> I took <laughs> I took his kid name, which was PT, and it kind of stuck ever since. So that's where the PT comes from. And uh, yeah, man, I, but I, I grew up in um, in the five point area. Um, I'm a 90s kid. And so uh, which, man, I just feel bad for kids who weren't born in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Such a good time outside yep. all the time running around playing different games, creating different games. Um, a lot of kids in our neighborhood. Um, also grew up in a, a pretty um, high uh, gang activity neighborhood and um, drugs were a big thing. Violence was a big thing, um, which I, I didn't know wasn't normal until way later in life. But um, I don't feel like that stopped me from having a good childhood. I do feel like it made me uh, soup, I would say hyper aware of my surroundings. Um, and, and every other kid was as well. So I didn't realize that that wasn't a thing. Mm. I didn't realize that most kids didn't pay very close attention to where they were, uh, and who else was around and all that different things. Um, my father, uh, my dad, he was, he was in and out of prison as a kid. Mm. And so for a lot of the time, me, uh, my younger brother, who were a year and some change apart, and then my older sister, who's seven years older than us, um, we were kind of just kind of um, left to to uh, uh, make sure we, we each other were OK. Uh, my mom worked 60, 70 hour weeks to make sure we were meeting ends meets. And so uh, the general rule was uh, get home before the streetlights came on. And um, my mom would say, my name is your name. So don't embarrass mm. me. Mm. And so, uh, which was important. So it was like, um, Hey, you know, don't do anything where it would come back, uh, to me. Uh, and so other than that, I do really feel like, or not other than that, but with that, I do really feel like we had a, we had a sweet childhood. We just had, um, yeah, just some things that like a lot of people don't have to think about. Mm. Um, and, uh, as a kid, I was, you know, played every sport, at least tried it once. Uh, but really stuck with football and basketball. That's what all my friends played. Um, and so pretty much every day after school, we'd be at a rec center or at a practice of some sort, me and my younger brother, uh, pretty much the whole day. And so my mom picked us up. So, you know, 5.30, 6.30 in the evening. Um, and then we'd go home, eat dinner, wash up, and then do it all again. Uh, and then weekends were comprised of games, uh, I would say, from six years old until um, probably 16 uh, 16 or 17 weekends were pretty much comprised of some sport, uh, except for the dead of winter. 
and the very end of summer. So there's a couple breaks there, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, uh, I am in my family. I'm a middle child. Well, I actually, that's not true. I have eight siblings, but of the children that uh, my mom and my dad had, um, I'm in the middle, um, but I act as the oldest. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm kind of the, the idea guy, the figure it out guy, the, you know, who you run to when there's a problem guy, that's who I was in my family, which is so funny because, uh, both my siblings are, are, uh, more physically imposing than I am, uh, and, and probably a ton more street smart. I'm just louder. That's all. I was just a lot louder. (laughs) But middle, middle school was a breeze, just like everybody else's middle school, um, (laughs) <laughs> no, very awkward time uh middle school uh, you know i went to the same school as most of my friends for uh elementary middle and high school so middle school got you know super tight bond with some guys and um um and that that led into high school um and then in high school was the first time i ever had a culture shock for most of my childhood and i spent most of my time with um other um black kids and a black culture and a black community and in high school, I went to a high school that was um, 49% um, black, um, like 48% uh, white, and then just a couple other percentages other. And, and so that was the first time really where I was, and my mom, who is a genius, she's, she really is, she just knew that I needed this. She put me in accelerated classes. And so, mm-hmm. uh, although I went to school with my friends, I usually wasn't in class with most mm-hmm. of them. So high school was a big culture shock and it really helped me to develop a sense of like um, different cultures and, 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 and uh, wanting to be around different types of people and learn about different people because my classes were full of kids um, from, from all over the place. But uh, yeah, and then after high school, graduated, was supposed to go play football at San Diego State University um, and that did not work out. Uh, I kind of blew it um, and ended up coming back home and um, throughout this process um, in high school, I got connected with an organization called Young Life, which, you know, I'm pretty familiar with now. And uh, I had a leader uh, my sophomore, junior and senior year who, Albus Brooks, who really loved on me well, um, prayed for me, prayed with me and just showed me um, the ways of Christ, honestly. And when he heard, I didn't tell him, I was so embarrassed. Uh, when he heard from my mom that I was back from San Diego State, he came to visit me at the Panera Bread that I was working at on my lunch break. And he said, Hey mm-hmm. man, uh, let's, let's have lunch, but probably somewhere else. Cause you probably don't want to eat here. <laughs> uh, and we ate lunch and he, he said, Hey man, I want you to come be a young life leader back at the school you just graduated from, which if you're listening, don't do that. But, um, <laughs> it was, it was good for me in that, um, I got to spend more time with him and I just got an opportunity to do something, not sulk in shame and not be so, um, yeah, I would just say hurt. My feelings were really mm. hurt. Um, and I felt like most people um, only wanted to um, be associated with me if they thought I was going to be this division one football star mm. or, you know, at that time, you know, even like a, a, or an actor or this speech person, you know, just a big personality with a lot of potential. And it felt like in that moment uh, in 2009 that I had wasted it some kind of way. Uh, yeah, fast forward a little bit. I was leading Young Life, and there's this inner city leadership program called Issachar, which, if that name sounds familiar, it should, because mm-hmm. one of the 12 tribes of Judah and mm-hmm. um, the Bible um, it just has a little blurb about them is they knew the times and they knew what to do. So, 
guys, people knew the times and they knew what they people should do. So the kind of the tagline for the leadership program I was in was we have a newspaper in one hand and a Bible in the other. Mm. And we're working through the tension of how do these things come together? Mm. Uh, and it was in that program uh, that I really uh, caught some fire for ministry and um, wanting to serve and wanting to um, give back to, to kids. Um, but also just be a, a bridge between um, the kid world and the adult world. Uh, once upon a time, many, many years ago, not that many, but maybe <laughs> like 11, 12 years ago, um, I really did feel that pull to still be young enough to feel like I get this world um, and be old enough to know that like, yeah, but this world's coming. Yeah. So how do you bridge the gap? Um, yeah. yeah. And, and out of Issachar, got a job as a teacher. Um and realized that I, I do I did want to be around um, kids all the time, but I did not want to be responsible for what grade they got. And so <laughs> wanted to do full time ministry um, and got connected again with Young Life, and uh, came on full time staff with Young Life, uh, and then uh, just just over five years now. That's awesome. That's so cool. And so cool that he, just to hear, I love, I love hearing people's stories because it's like, we're all kind of in a similar spot now with, with youth work and everything, but you know, he brings people from all different places and backgrounds and everything together. And it's just weaves it all together. It's so cool how God does that. Um, so some of our audience uh, have heard about Young Life. Um, probably all of them have at least, you know, some sort of familiarity with it. But I'd love to for you to just kind of explain what Young Life is, and then we can dig, dig into your ministry specifically and what it looks like. So what is Young Life for people that are maybe con confused or maybe they've heard a little bit, but they don't really quite know what it's all about? Absolutely. So Young Life is a nonprofit organization, faith-based nonprofit organization that focuses on um, um, developing um, volunteer leaders, training and developing um, volunteer leaders, adult volunteer leaders to go and become mentors to uh, middle school and high school age kids. Um, and our mission is simple. It's just to introduce adolescents to Jesus and then help them grow in their faith. Um, so that's what Young Life wants to do. Um, and we're in over 160 countries. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, that's that's the real pre-brochure version of it. Mm -hmm. um, I just love to say what we what we get to do is uh, we get to uh, we get it. And we really it's not an invitation, but hopefully after a while hanging out with kids, we get an invitation back into the, the world of our youth in order to say we see you. We love you. We want to serve you. and We want to support you. Mm. Um, and so um, really, those are the things, the building blocks of, uh, of what we do at Young Life. My job specifically now is to. Uh, kind of scope out and find um, adults and leaders who want to love on kids in a specific school area. So maybe there's a middle school down the road that doesn't have Young Life. And I go meet um, with maybe some parents or some administration or something like that and just get just one person who says, this is yes, let's do this. And so then we start to try to build a community of folks around that so we can start um, having folks um, love on kids, love on youth at that school. Uh, so some of the more practical things is we have something called contact work. Uh, and contact work is just going wherever kids are. So if kids are at the arcade, you got adults who are there at the arcade or at the basketball game or at the football game or um, in the lunchroom with a deck of Uno cards, um, whatever it is, wherever kids are at, um, that's where young life leaders want to be. Um, and you move from contact work into this thing called club. Um, and club is just, you know, just like a, a youth, another name for youth group uh, where you, you 
listen to music, you know, you're eating, you're playing crazy games. Um, and then kids get a, a eight to 13 minute uh, personal Christ talk or a testimony. Um, and then kind of the, uh, the next level of that, the stage two of that is we do something called D group or campaigners hmm. and where it's a Bible study for kids. And, and it's literally uh, the building blocks. I mean, Young Life really uh, focuses on and prioritizes kids who maybe have never heard of Christ or have and just have a super bad taste in their mouth because of whatever experience they had. So, hmm. uh, you know, it really is that introductory piece. So maybe it's just like, hey, man, here's how you read the Bible. Hmm. Or, hey, let's let's look at one figure of the Bible and follow their life and see what this is about. Um, and then probably the most exciting thing, or maybe the, the most notable way people know about Young Life is our camps. So we have all these multi-million dollar camps across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, here in Colorado, we have two beautiful ones, mm-hmm. uh, one in Buena Vista, Frontier Ranch. We, I, I like to call that one the front porch. <laughs> uh, and then in uh, Fraser, Colorado, just past Winter Park, we got um, Crooked Creek, uh, which is home for me. Love those mm-hmm. folks up there. If you want Crooked Creek, listen, I love y'all. Uh, um, but yeah, so, uh, and we do uh, weekend camps in the fall and in the winter. And then we do week long camps in the summer. Um, and they are, uh, yeah, huge places of transformation, not just for kids, but leaders too. So that's cool. Yeah. I love, uh, one of the things that, you know, I didn't grow up with young life. Didn't really even hear about it. Um, did ministry out in the Boston area and kind of learned a little bit of that about out there. It wasn't really prominent, but since moving here to Colorado has been, I hear it all the time and people it's like, talk about like, that's a lot of people that I've talked to say that was their introduction to Christ was because young life was present. They were doing that contact work and they were able to kind of invade, you know, their, their life as a teenager, um, in a good way and, uh, and bring Jesus to, to them as a teenager. So that's really cool. So, so I got a bunch of youth workers out there, some of them maybe in young life, uh, a lot of them probably working at a church or volunteering at a church. Um, what are some of the ways that young life does kind of partner with churches and other organizations? Cause yeah, me and you were talking kind of offline a little bit, like you, have you're connected with a lot of different organizations that are doing very similar work so what's the uh i guess the bigger vision of all those partnerships yeah so in denver metro young life um our our vision is is to expand the kingdom of god um and that that sounds super broad um and i think that is every ministry's honestly their heart i think how that plays out for us is um we are more than willing to let go of our of our name in our kind of branding deal or whatever that is in order to uh, fit more kids into the fold. Mm. Um, and so what that looks like is we, we partner with churches, other ministries and other organiza- organizations to say, Hey, do you love kids in this community? Do you want to see them um, have transformation in their lives uh, and an opportunity to thrive in their lives? Okay, cool. We do too. So how do we, how do we come alongside um, and kind of in, in, uh, in an effort to make um, really heavy work, because you know this, right? Uh, you know, ministry is, is heavy work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and youth ministry, uh, because that's what I'm particular in, I, is, 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 is really heavy. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I'm just not going to make the load heavier on me than I have to. So we're going to partner. We're going to say, hey, is there a ministry that somehow has a partner with ship with the state where they get bus passes for kids. Great. Listen, you, you're going to need kids for these bus passes. I have kids who need bus mm-hmm. passes. you know, let's partner. Um, 
for churches in particular, I think one of the uh, biggest things for churches, and I would just love to say this, is that, um, you know, for any um, uh, leaders of church, hey, Young Life is, is your friend. Um, and, and one of the biggest compliments to your ministries, if, 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 there's, a, if there's a partnership available, I would say go for it. Um, because one thing I love about partnering with our churches is um, our job is to get kids into God's community. So my job is to make sure that um, eventually they find a church home. And, you know, one of the saddest things that ever has ever happened in Young Life is um, not too long ago, I had a, a mentor who has been a part of Young Life for a long time who had seen a kid that he had mentored um, when he was a teenager. And he was a grown man now, well into his 30s um, with kids. And he goes, man, where, where is Young Life for adults? And um, my mentor said, hey, that's church. <laughs> that's church. Um, but Young Life, without a vision for partnering with the churches around the community, that sometimes can happen. And so we, I know that I was always supposed to partner with churches. That's the whole point. Is yeah. to take, we're a pair of church. I'm just an arm or a branch of the church, the greater body. And so my job is to make sure that we're, um, after we introduce um, or after we help lead kids to the feet of Jesus uh, and the Holy Spirit does the work, we say, hey, here's this body or community. They, they can't all come to my church. Yep. Uh, and they're going to move around and they're going to, but so they need to, they need to be in churches. And so um, that's one way that Young Life uh, absolutely needs a church. And then what Young Life offers back to the church is free training for your people. Right. Yeah. Um, we, we've over the years, not that Young Life has perfected anything, but that folks in Young Life has worked really hard to build um, a pretty succinct and amazing way of training leaders on how to interact with people in ministry. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have someone hired for that, or if you don't have a, a, a someone with bandwidth to do that, and like I said, ministry is heavy. So usually you don't young life people do that. Um, mm-hmm. So we take churches, uh, most eager folks, and we take them from just folks with potential to, to people who know how to lead kids. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. If, and you know this, if you can lead kids, you can lead people. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's no tougher crowd than 17 year old. I did <laughs> try find, find the tougher crowd. Do it. You can. Um, <laughs> But um, so, yeah, I think that that's that's the heart and partnership. And that's kind of some of the things we do. But, um, yeah, we're just always I think I'm learning to have eyes to have my head on a swivel to say, who are some people who want to be a part of this? Mm. Um, and no matter that organization, we try to make it we make it fit. And even secular organizations who see that like, hey, we, you know, like I said, do you do you love kids? Mm. Do you want to see them thriving? Well, great. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. That's cool. That was a long winded way. No, that's that's great. Cause I think a lot of people within the church world do for whatever reason has sometimes have a bad taste in their mouth about young life because maybe they had bad experience or whatever. So it's great to hear, like, as I know the young life leaders that I've worked with in our own community and other friends I have, I know the heart is there. Like ideally, like you're reach, you're on the front lines, reaching students all the time, hopefully getting them plugged into a church. And I, I think the ideal situation is when we have people, leaders that are ready and willing to do that, we toss them back to you and say, hey, train them, get them on, help them to understand how to actually reach their peers and reach um, other students for for Jesus. And then it's just like this unending cycle, essentially, that we can kind of keep helping each other out. but I think a lot of a lot of youth workers, for whatever reason, have those those bad tastes. They have this opinion or whatever. And I think it's it's really encouraging for you to say, yeah, like 
try it out, like go connect with your local young life leader and, and hear their heart out. I think, um, because you know, maybe you just don't know what you don't know. And so would you encourage them to, yeah, just like figure out like who your local young life leaders are and just give them a call, take them out to coffee, something like that. Is that the, just the best way to to start that partnership is just make that conversation happen. Yeah. I mean, I would say, um, you know, yes, invite them out to coffee, do all those things. Um, I think the first thing to do, um, and I don't think it's just with young life. I just think, um, in any way, in whatever capacity you lead, the folks that you get to lead, first addressing um, the folks you get to lead and be a part of and just addressing the heart of the situation mm. from that standpoint. Because I think one of the things we've had to do in Young Life is turn around and say, hey, we have sometimes left bad taste in folks' mouth. Mm. And you know what? It's not like into the world stuff. Like, you know, I think one thing I say, you know, we, you know, depravity is real. You know, sin is real. and, and um, uh, that, that comes with being a person, uh, um, and we're on a road to sanctification and there's just, mm-hmm. there's all those things, but you know, we know that comes with being a perp. So I'll say people be people, man, people, just people. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I, and sometimes I'll be people in, and I know that I need a ton of grace and, and understanding. And so I understand that sometimes the folks on our team, they, they have those moments. And so I want to, before I go out, I want to turn around and say, Hey, look, I need you to know that like, we're not just going after this just because mm. right so i need to know that you're on board so that when we get with these young life folks that everybody here is is moving in this direction and understanding the why and then i would reach out um uh, my one of the experiences i've i've just seen is that you know there might be a, a leader who says hey we're going to go do this thing and other folks feel like well they're stealing our kids or whether they're doing mm. these things or whatever no matter what side you're on uh and i think you know talking through it before of like hey i was a, i was the ministry kid that was in it i was in everything like mm-hmm. i went at the church i was going to i was going to their youth group and then i was going to young life and then in the summer i was at a christian sports camp mm-hmm. and then you know i have nine men in my life that were that are spiritual fathers nine <laughs> they amazing. all get their flowers from me equally they all do <laughs> nobody is missing out there um and the stats are pretty crazy and clear that um for um most kids, um, you know, there's gaps in their um, being led and being loved on. So, you know, most kids need five adults throughout their adolescence uh, to help them make it. So five people who are speaking well and, and teaching good and all those things. So yeah, uh, there's just more than enough to go around in that way. Yeah, that's so cool. So, yeah. 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 And I think it's it's really important for that's something that I, I picked up, you know, from from speakers and books that I've read recently and um is that we really need to be there for each other like there's no way that our church is going to be able to reach all the teenagers in our community there's no way young life is going to be able to reach all the teenagers in the community but if we're partnering together maybe maybe we can actually make a significant impact on our community but we gotta we gotta throw away you know throw aside all those other things that separate us and and think about man what could we do together yeah last thing i'll say about that is i think the other part of it is and I think we forget because Western culture doesn't always give way to this, but like, just like the relationships you build, it's like, we need each other. Yes. For ministry, but like, we don't need each other just to get work done. We just need each other. <laughs> yeah, That's true. Yeah. Like I just need to, I need <laughs> to have met and been around the folks in the churches that we're serving. Right. Mm. Like I just need to have met and been around them. 
They've mm-hmm. encouraged me in ways that I wasn't encouraged before I met them. Yeah. They have bring out pieces of me that I didn't know were there before I met them. Mm. And hopefully I was doing a little bit of the same for them. Mm-hmm. That's outside of any kid that was served because of the partnership. Mm. It was just for PT. Yeah. So <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. I, I think back to a recent conversation I had with one of our young life leaders and, and even the, the way we were sparking ideas in each other was just so amazing. And we both walked away with, wow, like we have some different kind of strategies we need to think about and different vision for our community that we were just able to, to spur each other on in that way. And it was, it was such a rich conversation. So that's so cool. Um, so PT, I, I, I want to make sure that um, we do uh, address this before we kind of move on as well. The last couple of years, I mean, it's been your life for forever, um, but the last couple of years, our, our world has been, we've had our eyes opened, I guess, more to the racial discrimination and everything else is going on. Um, how, do, how have you been able to, and how, what kind of encouragements do you have for, for us that are in ministry, especially in youth ministry around that, that concept as we continue to move forward? around this specific injustice? Yeah. Um, I, well, first, thanks for asking. Um, not always yeah. a comfortable question. So I'm always appreciative of folks who, who want to go there because I always want to go there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, let's, let's bring it all up. Um, I'll start with this. I think one of the most helpful things that um, I have seen, been a part of, have gleaned from and now in teaching um, is this idea of cultural intelligence. Mm. Um, so I would say, if you know nothing about that, if that doesn't ring a bell to, um, yeah, go ahead and, 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 and look into cultural intelligence. There's a cultural intelligence center, um, that literally has so many resources, um, for folks who can, um, you can tap into things. But, um, I think when we start to think about, uh, racial injustice, um, or any type of injustices in our world that revolve around personhood, um, I, 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 uh, I, I want to pull back and say it's, it's, it is good to start wherever you're at, whatever the um, thing was that opened your eyes. And I want to say there is so much more. And so um, I think God has us being called to be uh, justice advocates with, a, with, you know, and full hard stop. And so I think we, we, for example, there's something that we teach in the Denver Metro it's called the privilege wheel. I'm not sure if you've ever seen it before, mm-hmm. um, but essentially the privilege wheel um, is in Western culture. There's all these things that um, if, if you fall into that category would, would make you privileged mm-hmm. for one uh, example. Um, this is one that people don't know about, but a woman who can actually bear children. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have a privilege in our society. Um, and, and then on the other half of the wheel, it shows people who, who, um, who typically are oppressed or, um, judged because of whatever the, um, the opposite is. So a woman who cannot bear Mm. children. Um, and so, um, or even, um, Western uh, society standards on attractiveness. Uh, Mm. If you are by Western society standards, if you're attractive, that's a privilege. It comes mm-hmm. with privileges. And then if you don't fall into those Western society standards of attractiveness, that, um, and it goes all the way through, right? Like, um, so there's so many things on it, but I just gave you two of the ones that maybe are less known. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is one too, age, ageism. So, um, mm. you know, th- this is crazy because in the community I grew up in, we, 
we were led by our elders. So I didn't, I didn't know that they're out. I didn't know that there was a world where we, where we just told um, our elders to hush. I didn't know that. First of all, if I ever tried that, physical harm would come to me. But, right. um, <laughs> but secondly, you know, secondly, um, yeah, the, your age, uh, our youth gives you uh, privilege. And for some reason, we say the older you are, the less um, valuable you are to uh, the society. And so CQ or that privilege will just open my eyes to some of the ways um, where I am privileged. Just being a cisgendered heterosexual male. I don't often think about that. Mm-hmm. I don't often think about in a room full of men, how um, I don't have to worry about my voice being heard. But as soon as my wife steps into the room, um, she's having to uh, cross her T's and dot her I's in normal, everyday, regular, just, mm. you know, sidewalk conversation. And I've, I had never thought about like, how stressful would that be? I would, you know, and sometimes I'm like, well, hey, speak up. And she's yeah. telling me this stuff and I'm like, well, I probably wouldn't speak up either. Everything I had to, everything I said had to be fact-checked and mm. re, you know, and so all that to say that this idea of cultural intelligence, which simply is defined as um, being able to thrive in all cultures and all cultures being able to thrive around you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very simple definition, but it gives weight to what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, is a helpful uh, um, step, like step one. Yeah. Um, I would also say helpful tip. Uh, this is a question that wasn't asked that feels like it's behind the scenes. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna just I'm gonna just say it. Um, sure. I think a lot of friends of mine, especially um, uh, friends of mine that are white males, um, go, well, PT, I'm I'm a, in some way or another, I'm an advocate or I am someone who is against racial injustice, um, but it feels like I often get lumped Mm. um, in a, in a category. And Mm. um, I would say that there is enough injustice going on on a regular basis that one of the easiest ways to practice being an advocate is to regularly speak out on things that are unjust. Mm. Um, And it should be uncomfortable and it should cost you something. not everything, but it should cost you something. If nothing else, just a very awkward situation with someone, maybe a coworker who you guys thought you were work friends until, right? Um, but I would say, you know, my practice now, my wife saying, if you're an advocate for women, when there are things that are unjust going around mm. women, use that privilege of being a male yeah, in order to speak out against it. Mm. And it has cost me something. And it has been incredibly awkward and I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so that was, there was no question there. That's just one that felt in the background of it all. But. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Cause I think, I think, I think what you're saying is really important because there's so many other white youth pastors that I'll talk to my friends. And like, we were all in the same kind of same boat. We're like, yeah, we're for all people. We, we know God created all people equal, all those different things, but, but then, then what are we doing about it? What are we actually, are we actually speaking up on behalf of our, our, you know, our, our brothers and sisters that are different races than, than us? Are, are we actually like 
doing something about the injustice that maybe be maybe is awkward and might cost us a little bit or are we just saying yeah we're for all people and we don't do anything about it <laughs> so i think that's really important that you brought it up yeah i'll try to say one more quick thing sure this will be this will be quick um i also think um that the best place to start in any of this is with ourselves um i think i alluded to it just a second ago but one thing i had to admit to myself is that i sometimes perpetuated um um toxic masculinity in the presence of women mm. um and i wanted to justify that but the reality is i just had to say i did in order to somehow um um change anything about it just mm. so for example uh, i have a bad habit that I'm constantly working on of cutting women off or over talking. Hmm. I don't do it to my male friends. Hmm. I don't, but I do it to um, women. And that's because there's something that I have been taught been hmm. fed about the importance of my voice as opposed to the importance of their voice. Hmm. And that's vulnerable. And I don't like admitting that on a podcast to people. I don't know who are going to listen to it, <laughs> but I, I, I will say it because I hope that gives, freedom for people to go no i have some weird biases and some things too that i'm not proud of mm. and hiding them actually does will not eradicate them. Mm. monsters actually get bigger in the dark that's science yep yeah yeah um and so but we gotta admit it and so now i admit it and then in real life i have to take these embarrassing moments you know where i'm like my wife's talking i talk over her and she calls it out and i go I'm sorry about that. Hmm. And I'm going to, I'm actively going to do something about it actively. Mm -hmm. I'm going to walk into a conversation knowing uh, that you already have a voice in here. So talk less. Mm. You already have a voice in here. Mm. You got cool words, but they're they're probably not that deep anyway. Let (laughs) let it go. Yeah, that's good. Uh, So yeah, sorry. I, I do feel like that was, no, that's, that's, that's huge. That's huge. Uh, PT, you've already shared so much wisdom, shared so many thoughts uh, that I'm, I'm sure people are already, you know, taking notes and, and uh, really thinking a lot about what you said already. But uh, before we wrap up, I'd love to give you a chance just to share any tips or encouragements to our audience that is listening today. If you are someone in ministry who plans to have a family or has a family, please do yourself a favor and remember that they are your first ministry. Mm. Final thought. Scripture tells us that whenever God feels like it, he can have the rocks talk about how good he is. So don't take this the wrong way, but in the grand scheme, The four ministry things that you end up canceling in a year in Mm. order to take care of your family, they're worth it. Mm. Because if it was truly life or death, the rocks would would cry out in our knees. So so go play with your kid. Go take your significant other to lunch or take them lunch. Go to that family function. Uh, Yeah. Mm. That's good. So good. That's that's enough of a podcast right there. You can just we get a ditch and ended right there. <laughs> uh, PT, I know people are going to you know want to pick your brain, maybe uh, ask you some follow up questions, anything like that. What's the what's the best place for people to connect with you and uh, ask anything else? 
Yeah. Well, I know in this world, people usually have like the best Instagram handles or something <laughs> like that. I, 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 so I feel pretty old school in this and like, you can, you can reach me on my e- email, man. That works. Um, and that, that's PT at Denver YL.org. Um, which I'm sure you'll put show notes, something like that, yep. but, um, yeah, just, just shoot me an email. Um, I am a coffee guy. Uh, so if you're like, Hey, I want to, I want to pick your brain coffee. Um, you can buy me coffee. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's probably the best way to. Cool. That's awesome. Well, PT, I, I speak personally because my, my students were so impacted by you and, uh, at our winter camps, they, they spoke so highly of you and, and what you were able to share, um, which is so real, but also like biblically sound and, uh, which is really, uh, great for our students to connect with you. And so thank you on a personal basis, but also thanks on behalf of our podcast audience for, uh, for sharing uh, a little more about your ministry, your life, your heart today, and, uh, pray that God blesses it all. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. And thanks again to all of you for being here for this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. I know that you're going to want to get a hold of P.T. Smith, so make sure you hit up his email. That's going to be in the show notes as well if you didn't get a chance to jot that down. And uh, make sure you pick his brain, ask him some follow-up questions, and also consider booking him at your next youth event. He was an amazing speaker for our students at our winter camps this year. Also, if you have not followed us on social media, please be sure to do that. Those links are going to be in the show notes as well. Also there, you're going to find a link to G-Shades. G-Shades is the sponsor of this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast, and we are so grateful for them. Head over to gshades.org and use the promo code TSMPOD to receive 10% off your order. Thanks so much, G-Shades, for sponsoring this episode. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please be sure to subscribe to the Student Ministry Podcast on your favorite podcast app and share this with other youth workers that need to hear it. This episode in particular could be good for those that have questions about young life. And finally, if you like what you've been hearing on the Student Ministry Podcast, please be sure if your podcast app allows you to, please be sure to leave us a positive review. That just helps us a ton, honestly, and helps other youth workers find this podcast when when reviews are left and they're positive. It just kind of helps it kind of rise higher and higher. And that, that just allows not us to be the top of a list or anything, but it helps other youth workers find it when they're looking for a student ministry podcast. So if you like it, please be sure to leave a positive review. If you don't, that's fine. Contact us if you have any critiques, things that we can do better. We're always looking to make this uh, better and make some improvements. But if you like what you hear, please be sure to leave a positive review. That'd be awesome. Uh, Thank you so much again for being here for this episode. Uh, We'll see you next time and may God bless your ministry.